Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. I got a word in my heart. Pastor told me to get right to the word. So we're going to do that if that's all right. All right. Open your Bibles up if you would to Mark chapter 10. To Mark chapter 10. Starting at verse 46, we're going to land at verse 52. Once again, my name is Tyler. I am the Young Adults Pastor. My wife, Jaylee, was uh, up here leading us in worship this morning. And I just want to honor her once again. Or just, I love you, girl. You're, uh, you're everything. You're everything and more. You're amazing. What would be me without you. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 says, Now when they came to Jericho... As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Funny how the tables turn. Verse 50, And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus responded and said, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. It's my assignment this morning to minister to you a word entitled, Born with a Cry. Born with a Cry. Look at your neighbor and say, I was born this way. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you that you're good and you're only good. And Lord, I speak to every veil in this room and I say, be cast down by the name of Jesus. I thank you that the wind of your spirit has already begun to blow through this place. And I thank you, Lord, that every scale on every eye and all the hardness on each heart will fall by the wayside in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's by your anointing that destroys every yoke. Father, I pray that you have your way and invade this place like a rushing wind, like a mighty flowing river, God. Once you have your way, in your way only, and when it's all said, we'll give you the glory, the honor. And all the praise and everyone who loves him said, amen, amen, amen. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm grateful this morning that, that God's not a dead God, that he's alive. I'm also grateful that he's not a deaf God. And also the Bible says that he is also love. So if he's alive, he's not deaf, and he's love, that implies to me that he's a responding God. The Bible also says that when we call out to him, he answers. So it lays out very clearly that he's a responding God. I love the Lord because he is the first responder on my scene. In my time of trouble or in my time of crisis or in the moment that I need him the most, in the very hottest hour of my day, he responds on my scene. I love this. Uh, we were all born with a cry. We were born, we came out of the womb with a cry, but we were born with a spiritual cry as well. And it is unfortunate in the room this morning, and it hurts my heart, that maybe not everyone cries out to the Lord in their time of trouble when I know without a shadow of a doubt that he's a responding God. 
We were born with this longing, with this cry deep down within us for the Lord. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Another translation says, satisfies. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I'll zoom in a little bit to the righteous, for the righteous one, the Lord himself. They will be satisfied. He is the only one who can satisfy you. Psalm 42, 1 says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. As the deer pants, as the deer aches, he aches for the water. That's how my soul longs after the Lord. Can I tell you this morning that he's still the God who satisfies? He's still the well that never runs dry. He's still, come on, he's still my provider, Jehovah Jireh. He's still the God who heals, Jehovah Rapha. He's still my God of peace, Jehovah Shalom. He's still the everlasting God. He's still the one who's on my side. Therefore, I shall not fret. I shall not worry. I shall not be anxious for anything. For he is the well upon the well. In John chapter 4, the well that never runs dry. If we're longing for something this morning, deep down within you, can I tell you that he's the answer to everything you've been longing for. Just as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. He's not only our first responder, but he's also the way maker. He's the God that makes a way when they look like there's no way. So, so, so this tells me that his arm is not too short to reach down into my situation. God, the responding God, the God who's with us, but that same arm and that same hand of provision reaches down and begins to make a way. So he's not just God with me, he's God for me. Can I tell you this morning, he's God for you. He's the way maker. When it looked like there was no way for the walls of Jericho to fall in the days of Joshua, he told Joshua to keep on marching. And the walls fell in the days of Elijah. When it looked like there was no way for rain to hit the land, he said, Elijah, pray again. And it came. And in the days of Jesus or before, when it looked like there was no way for humanity to be saved, he sent his son named Jesus for us. He is the God who makes a way when it looked like there was no way. Can I get an amen? We must have a desperation inside of us because where there is desperation, that shows me that there is a need and he can make a way when it looks like there was no way. For Bartimaeus in this text in Mark chapter 10, there looked like there was no way for Bartimaeus to see again. But he, God, made a way when there was no way. We see Jesus responding to a cry of desperation. A cry of desperation communicates where your faith is focused. It shows me where your faith is focused. What are you crying out for this morning? Where your faith is focused, where your hunger is focused. It's a fixed hunger. I call it a craving. We don't have a hunger problem. We have a craving problem. Because we're born hungry. We're born with this cry. And I spent so many of my years eating on everything else that, that, that wasn't the Lord. But we must fix our hunger this morning and crave Him. 
So we see Bartimaeus in this text doing so. Mark chapter 10, I'm going to begin to walk through it. It says, Jesus was walking with his disciples and the great multitude, the committed and the ones who followed from a distance. Never let it be said about me that I was one of the ones who followed from a distance. Let it be said of me that I was one of the committed ones who could hear his heartbeat, right? So Jesus walked with his disciples and the great multitude. It said they were walking out of Jericho, and there was this blind man named Bartimaeus. He was stuck. He was sitting down, the word says. He was sitting down on the side of the road. Can you relate to this man? You ever sat down in the midst of compromise? You ever sat down in dysfunction? In the swampy waters of your depression, have you ever sat down and took a seat because uh, life maybe got, got, got too hot for you or maybe got too dark in your life? I don't know about you, but I've sat down in some moments of my life when it got too hard for me. Maybe it was by uh, cards that you were dealt. Maybe it had nothing to do with what you chose for yourself. Maybe life handed to you a sickness. Maybe he or she left you. Maybe they were talking about you. You had nothing to do with this, but have you ever settled and compromised because of cards you were handed? Maybe it was cards that you picked up for yourself. Either way, he can touch you this morning. I can prove it. The woman at the well sat down. She had a cycle. She had a cycle of men. She chose those cards for herself. The woman with the issue of blood, she didn't have anything to do with this. It was handed to her by life or by the devil. But can I tell you this morning that God can still touch you no matter if you picked it up yourself or you got it handed to you? Amen. Bartimaeus was handed this and he chose to sit down. And I understand that he didn't have the Holy Ghost in this time, so he had to wait for Jesus to be on the scene. But I'm grateful 2,000 years ago, the veil was rent from the top to the bottom so that we may have access. And Jesus came back and said, it's for your benefit that I, that I go because I send a helper. I send you the Holy Ghost. So that tells me today, at any given moment, at any given hour, we can access the full presence and glory of the Lord. So Bartimaeus was sitting down. Can you relate? Have you ever compromised in life? Have you ever compromised settling for less than the standards of that desired? Have you ever compromised? Maybe you compromise uh, as a family person. Maybe as a family man or family woman. Now, I'm not a parent, but I've had many discussions with parents. Have you, ha have you settled for less than God's best for your life? Ha ha have, you, have you maybe not given... Uh, enough leadership but you've given enough love I have I have found out with young adults and with youth uh, that 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 many many kids many young adults they don't suffer from a lack of leadership they suffer from a lack of love or they suffer from a lack of love or they suffer from like leadership and not that of love we need both in right we need leadership and we need love we need all the fruit we need all the fruit. So Bartimaeus was sitting down. He was compromised. i got to get past this. Uh, once again, go back to my point that he can touch both. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven, he gets up again, right? You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're more than a conqueror. Verse 47. It said that Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. And he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This was a confession of faith. Because if you zoom into the text here, son of David, he's actually confessing Jesus as the Messiah. 
Messiah is the Hebrew word for the anointed one. Christ is the Greek synonym for that word. Contrary to maybe popular belief, Christ is not the last name of Jesus. Christ means the anointed one. Messiah means the anointed one. So he says, Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who is prophesied about, have mercy on me. This shows me that Bartimaeus didn't just believe Jesus to be the healer. He believed him to be the Messiah as well. There's a strong principle in this. Whoever you confess and believe Jesus to be, that's how he manifests himself to you in the moment. An old preacher told me one time, whoever you preach Jesus to be in a meeting, that's how he'll manifest himself. Whoever we pray and believe Jesus to be, that's how he'll show up in that moment. In other words, Jesus, I need you to be my comfort. He'll show up himself in comfort. Jesus, I need you to be power. He'll show up himself in power. Lord, I need you to be my partner. He'll show up himself as your partner. If whoever you believe Jesus to be, that's how he'll manifest himself to you in that moment. That's by his goodness and grace. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus had desperation in the midst of his dysfunction. Are you desperate this morning? Can I tell you that your your desperation is your decision? I can just stand up here before you and, and, and eat the word before you, but you have to decide to get hungry for yourself. You have to decide to get desperate for yourself. I can't really preach you desperate. I can't really preach you hungry. I can just present the word like he gave it to me. But you have to make a decision for yourself to get hungry for the things of the Lord. Your desperation is your decision. I wonder how often our deliverance is dependent upon our desperation. I wonder what the Lord can pour out this morning if you say, I'm just going to get a hunger, a fixed hunger, a craving inside of my spirit to say, God, I need you. Lord, I will humble myself before all the, I wonder what kind of church we would have. It's just like Bartimaeus, he didn't care what people thought around him. I wonder what kind of church we can have on a Sunday morning if I, didn't, if I didn't care about your opinion or the person next to me's opinion when I begin to lift up my cry. This is why we have a vocally expressive church. There are many, there are many reasons for it, but it's not because it's hype. It's not because we were taught it at a leadership conference. It's because we understand that my amen is my agreement to the things of the Lord. And you don't know what he brought me through. You don't know what it takes for me to stay free. So I can't help myself but to lift up a shout of praise. Hallelujah. We're vocally expressive in here because we just can't help ourselves. A preacher said it like this once. He said, you can't judge my breakthrough because you don't know my been through. You don't know what he brought me out of. And I'm going to share a little bit about my story here in just a few moments. Bartimaeus lifted up a desperate cry in the midst of his dysfunction. Do you have dysfunction today? I love this. It says, many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. The language paints a picture here of that like of an animal cry, a desperate cry. He cried out all the more. This, this, this show, this like paints this picture to me of like what the world tries to do with us, right? It tries to, I'll say it this way for all the millennials, he tried to shut down your turn up. For all the preachers, preachers, he, 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 he tried to hush the hunger. He tried, they, 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 who are your they? 
Who are your they? They they tried to shut him down, but he was desperate for the man named Jesus. I don't know about you, but this morning I'm desperate. I feel like there are a couple hundred people in this room who say, I'm hungry for the things of God. I felt faith in this room even during worship. I just felt the faith. I I felt the hunger in the room. Not just, not, not, not hype, but hunger. I wonder what could happen this morning if we lifted up this cry to the Lord. If we released a collective cry. You know, we begin worship, uh, one of the many reasons we, we sing together is it's to get us in one accord. And, 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 and we know by, by so many references in Scripture about unity, how God commands his blessing on unity. He commands his presence on unity. We see there are one accord in the upper room. I wonder what, what happened this morning if, if, if there in response time here in just a few moments we lifted up a collective cry. If all of us in this room came together as a family and we admit that we need him, do you have desperation today? Write this down if you're taking notes. Your cry reveals your crave. Your cry, what you cry for reveals what you crave. I can usually tell within 15, 20 minutes what someone craves for by just hanging out with them. By, the, by, by, by what they say, I can tell who or what they've been fellowshipping with that past week by what they're talking about. Your cry reveals your crave. Are you, are, are, are you just full of gossip? Are you full of drama? Are you full of worry? It's, it's amazing to me how, how our flesh, Pastor preached it not too long ago, by default will worry, will cower back in fear. Do you crave the Lord this morning? Because you'll consume what you crave. And you'll crave what you consume. If I go up the road, up Stacy Road, and ate McDonald's for two weeks straight, my body will begin to crave it because I've consumed it. This is why addictions start, because our bodies crave what we consume. What are you craving? Are you stuck on a crazy cycle of consumption this morning? Are you eating uh, 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 things of the flesh? Are you seeking out uh, success uh, 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 up the wrong ladder? Are you seeking out drama? What are you seeking out? What are you craving over? Because you will consume what you crave, and you'll crave what you consume. Are you stuck in a cycle this morning? Your cry reveals your crave. You cry for what you crave for. Verse 49 says, so Jesus stood still and commanded them to be called. Now, when uh, They called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. We don't have time to get into that. There's so much revelation in that. But the cry of Bartimaeus captured the attention of Jesus. It says, because Jesus is on the way to the cross. Uh, Jesus stood still, the text says. This implies to me that Jesus cares. See, we have to begin to dive into the implications of the text. I understand the main thing is the plain thing, but we have to dive deep into the word of the Lord. What is the text implying to you? It it implies to me that Jesus cares, that he cares, that he cares for me. We actually see in the word of the Lord, 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, cast your cares for he cares for you. We're good at casting him in church, right? We're good, we're good at casting our cares at, at, at the altar, but can I tell you that the devil's in the parking lot doing push-ups? 
It says that he, it says that he comes to steal the seed of the word of the Lord. So we cast our cares and then we get distracted and we go back and pick that care up like a dog returning to its vomit. Or, or we get that phone call from, from, from that relationship that we casted before the Lord. We get that phone call trying to hit you up late at night. What's up, girl? What's up, boo-boo? And the moon's just right and the right song's playing and we go back and pick up that care. Can I tell you this word cast means to cast down once and for all, never, never, never to return to it again. What are you caring for this morning? Cast your cares. Are you anxious? Are you worried? Are you fretting over something? Are you just too busy to be productive or to spend time with the Lord? If you're too busy to pray, you're just too busy. Cast your cares where he cares for you. 1 John 4.19 says in the latter part that he first loved us. It shows me Jesus cares for us. He cares for you this morning so much. Whatever you did, whatever you've been thinking, even this service, any negative thoughts or any struggles that you walked in here with, he cares about you so much. Cast your cares where he cares for you. Even, even the smallest things he cares about. Nothing's too big or small for the Lord. Psalm 149 says this, for the Lord takes delight in his people. He delights in you. He first delighted in me, therefore I'll delight in him. First, uh, Psalm 149, 4 says, For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Your cry shows your humility. He crowns the humble, the humble with victory, with rescue, with salvation. Your cry shows your humility. It says that Bartimaeus then threw aside his garment. He then threw aside his, his garment, and there's so much in this, we don't have time to get into it. He was called, and he threw aside his comfort. He was, he was called and then threw aside his comfort. Each and every one of you in this room, you're called by the Lord. Whether you know him or not, you've been called. And he's not going to call anybody he doesn't love. He's called each and every one of us in this room. And he's challenging you today. I just really felt the Lord on this when I was studying. To throw aside our comfort. To throw aside ourselves and say, God, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, come have your way in my life. And if we just surrender, you'll never be truly satisfied if you don't surrender. You'll never be satisfied in life. I, see, when I, when I was running from the Lord, I thought it was just normal to cry myself to sleep. I'm not saying you can't cry. Because uh, big girls do cry, grown men do cry, right? She had it all wrong. Big girls actually cry. There's nothing wrong with crying, but when, when, when you're crying from a place of emptiness, you weren't meant to live that way. Once again, we were born with a cry, and that cry must be fixed on the Lord. Surrender, and you'll be satisfied. He threw aside his comfort, and he went to Jesus, and then Jesus answered and said to him, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? What would you like me to do for you? Here's Bartimaeus right here. Lord, wouldn't you say it was obvious? What? Wherever you are, you stopped. You, were, you had a trajectory. You were moving in front of me, but then you stopped. I thought you were over here. Right, right. What do you want me to do for you? He says that I might receive my sight. I believe that we see Jesus asking this so often in the text because I believe he's saying, will you confess that you have a need? We admit that you have a need. 
See, the first confession we saw was a confession of faith. The second confession we see or we're about to see is that he confessed and he admitted that he had a need. See, this is where a lot of us stop. We get saved. But this moment the Holy Ghost begins to work in our lives to begin to try to adjust some things, adjust some relationships, begin to push out maybe a mentality that we had. We say, oh, no, Lord, I don't want you, uh, I don't want you to begin to work. This is personal. I'll seek you enough to get saved, but I won't surrender everything. This is personal to me. What would happen in the house of the Lord this morning? We say, God, come infiltrate the deepest parts of my being. Surrendering everything to the Lord. Will you admit this morning that there is a need? He can only heal what's revealed. He can only heal what's, what's, what's brought to the light. Stop holding it inside of you. It will begin to fester, and then it will bubble up and overflow of just this nastiness, okay? The Lord's will for your life is for you to walk in freedom. So number one, confession of faith, which many, if not all in this room, have already done so. If not, we're going to have a moment in a few minutes to give your life to the Lord, to surrender your life. But let me challenge all the saints and all the church folk in the room. Will you allow the Holy Ghost to begin to move into your life and push out certain things that don't need to be there? Amen. All right. Admit, we got to blow the bluff. we got to remove the mask. He can only touch honesty. He can only touch authenticity. Can we take off the church mask this morning and say, God, I'm in need of you? It says that Jesus then responded and said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. He's made you well. That's Greek word sozo, which means uh, whole, which means has saved you. Uh, I don't want to be healed. Uh, I want to be made whole. Amen. I don't want to be just healed. I want to be made whole. Okay, he didn't just want the healing. He wanted the man. Okay. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. He had an encounter with a man named Jesus. It left him wanting more. One encounter with the Lord will leave you wanting more. An encounter with Jesus will make you hungry because then you begin to crave him and, and consume him. I love the series we're about to get into Eat the Scroll. We must feast on the things of the Lord. If you don't crave him this morning, just take a step and break that crazy cycle of consumption. Whatever you're consuming right now, just step away. Allow the Lord to break that by his anointing. And then step back in and say, God, I crave you. I'm going to eat of your goodness and eat of your power. Amen. And I love this because your breakthrough isn't just for you. There's also another, uh, another passage in the scripture uh, telling the story of Bartimaeus. And there was another blind man uh, in, an, in another account of the same scripture. And it says that both men were healed. So your touch, your deliverance, your breakthrough, whatever you want to call it this morning, isn't just for you. It, it, it's for your friend circle. It's for your community. It's for a city. It's for your family, Right? Because he got it to you, and now we have to be faithful stewards and get it through us. Mm. It left him wanting more. It left him wanting more. Here's a key to cultivating your craving. A key is simply adjust your gaze. In other words, here's a cuss word in church, repent. Sorry, just bleep that out of the live stream. Bleep it out, bleep it out. Adjust your gaze. Repent means to just turn 
turn, have a shifting in your mind and begin to focus on something else. God gave me this. If you gaze right, you'll crave right. If you gaze upon him and all who he is, you'll crave right. When you crave right, you'll eat right. When you eat right, you'll believe right. When you believe right, you'll see right. See, the world says, I'll believe it when I see it. But the word of the Lord says, by faith, like we just talked about earlier, I'll see it when I believe it. So in summary, if you gaze right, you'll see right. Are you gazing upon him this morning? With this being said, I want to give you some things that this text give us, gives us. We're going to land the plane in a few moments. The first thing this, this text reveals to us is that our seeking determines our finding. Our seeking determines our finding. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. And if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When I seek him with all of my heart, that usually has a sound. When you seek me, you'll find me. When you seek me with all of your heart. If we can't find him, we must ask ourselves, am I really looking for him? Well, he didn't show up in that. Are you really looking for him? Are you seeking him out? Bartimaeus went after Jesus in that moment, and Jesus was surely found by him. One of the most impactful things that my pastor ever told me, he said, the same God that found you when you weren't even looking for him is the same God that would surely be found by you when you are. He's easily found. Are you seeking him this morning? The second thing it shows us is that our insight determines our eyesight. What I believe in here, I'll see. We have to begin to believe things in faith as if it's already done. I believe my healing as if it's already done. I believe my breakthrough as if it's already done. I believe that he is my provision as if it's already done. We must ask ourselves, how's my faith? How's my insight? How's my faith doing? We have to believe it in here before we see it out there. How's my consecration? Which means getting away with the Lord. Am I climbing? Am I climbing the mountain of the Lord? Our insight determines our eyesight. Am I climbing? We must believe big to see big. Number three, it shows us this, that our focus determines our fruit. Our focus determines our fruit, my outcome, my result. My focus determines my fruit. If we don't like what we have, we must check what we are focusing on. We've said it before that, that we have what we allow, or we have what we have allowed to stay around in our life. But by the power of the Lord, that thing can be broken off and we can fix our gaze on God. The eyes of the heart of Bartimaeus were fixed on Jesus. And as a result, check this, he was made whole. Eyes fixed, he was gazing, right? He was made whole, right? We don't see this for a season in the life of King David when he walked out on his balcony and began to focus on Bathsheba, right? He began to look down and he began to get focused on Bathsheba. And it ended in destruction and heartbreak. Now the Lord is also a God who restores so maybe in this room this morning, you are sitting in the swampy waters of your dysfunction. Or maybe you are sitting in destruction. Or maybe you are sitting in heartbreak. But God is a God who restores. He can restore all things back to health and back to wholeness in the name of Jesus, just as we saw in the life of David. But God is the God who restores. Our focus determines our fruit. Number four, our consumption determines our cravings. Our consumption determines our cravings. We must ask ourselves, what do we crave? Do I crave the Lord? 
Do we crave success up the wrong ladder? Do we crave immorality? Do we crave popularity? Do we crave the American dream? Do we crave substances? Are you craving something that is not of God? Because if you are, you are stuck in the crazy cycle of consumption. Craving what I consume, consuming what I crave. Craving what I consume, consuming what I crave. Check your intake. Check your intake. Bartimaeus wanted more, so it said in the word that he followed Jesus on the road. I believe his cry was, Lord, all I, all I want is you. He didn't just want the healing, he wanted the man. Because he could have got his healing and moved on. But, but, but Jesus healed him for a chance to follow him. Isn't that why the Lord sent his son, Jesus, for a chance that we would follow him and give our lives to him. It wasn't a guarantee, but for a chance to follow Jesus. There's, a, there's an old song that I love. I love the, the, the writing was originally written in 1888 and it was later made a song. Some of you may know it and the tune will even go through your head as I read it. I wanna read it to you. I usually don't read lyrics, but I wanna read it to you this morning. It says this, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be a king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world offers today. I'd rather have Jesus than have men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world offers today. See, this was the cry of my heart when I was 18. I was rebellious. I was stuck in depression. I was addicted, sex, drugs, alcohol, rock and roll, running from the Lord, walked away from my faith, saying I didn't even believe anymore. Walked in my room night, just, just, just at, really at rock bottom. I just said, I'm done. I'm done, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and I, I don't really know where to turn. It was in that moment at 18 years old in my bedroom, visiting from college, had all these other dreams and aspirations. The presence of the Almighty God entered my bedroom and began to love on me and comfort me in the deepest places of my heart that were empty. And I was laying in bed last night and the Lord told me, there are some people in the room this morning with an emptiness down deep inside of you if you were to be real and remove the mask today. There's an emptiness down deep in your spirit and in your soul that only God can fill. I call it the God-sized hole. He's, only, he, he's the only one that can fill this abstract puzzle piece down deep within you. And I laid there on the ground as the presence of the Lord overtook me. And I began to weep and I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing here. But all I do know is this, that I can't do this alone anymore. And that I need you. And I need you so badly. I need you so badly. And I just want to tell you this morning that 
He is the responding God. That when you call out to him, just like Bartimaeus, with the cry in your spirit, he'll respond to you. Once again, I was laying in bed and the Lord said, there's some people in the room today with an emptiness down deep in you. Maybe you're already living for the Lord. Maybe you've already given your life to him. But there's still an empty part that you're looking maybe in even the wrong places for satisfaction. Maybe it's not even in drugs or substances or whatever. Maybe it's just in a relationship. And God's saying this morning, if you'll just gaze right, you'll begin to see right. If you gaze right, you'll crave right, therefore you'll eat right, then you'll believe right, and you'll see right. You'll see all that I have in your life. If you just turn and look to me, stop focusing on even the issue, trying to separate yourself away from that. If you just turn and gaze upon the Lord like that old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. In that moment, my cry was this, all I want is you. The longing in me was satisfied. My hunger was fixed. My craving was right. My eyes were set. My face was as flint. My mind was made up. Christ was my cry. Christ was my cycle. And I want nothing else than to walk with him all the days of my life. Will you stand with me in this room this morning? Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.